0: Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Packs him for three. Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Let me step back and kiss myself. Oh my MVP gosh. It's over. time. Windy City Assassin does it again. Alright, so last week I came on here and I talked about how the Bulls might be turning a corner with this new lineup, you know, coming out of the trade deadline, they're going to be up and down, maybe they're on an upswing now, they beat the Nets and the Pacers, albeit they were shorthanded, but still, they beat the Nets and the Pacers, they've got a good stretch coming up here, maybe they're putting something together, maybe they can make a run of the playoff spot still. Then, after beating a very shorthanded Toronto Raptors team, the Bulls turn around and lose three straight, including one... To the worst team in the NBA, the Minnesota Timberwolves, 121-117 to 117 on Sunday. Here we are. Hi, everybody, welcome into the podcast, Believe in Bulls on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Awesome to be back with you. I wish I was more excited to talk about Bulls basketball this week, but honestly, this is just, I mean, how, how do you lose to the Timberwolves? I don't want to make too much of this, but we're in the second half of the season here. There's a chance for a playoff spot. Still in play. there is The Bulls are still in contention for a playoff spot. And As we sit here right now recording this Wednesday afternoon, the Bulls are in position to be the last team into the play-in tournament in the Eastern Conference in the 10th seed, 22-31 and 31 overall. They are five and a half games back of that sixth seed that would get them past the play-in tournament and right into the playoffs. And they've had winnable games that could help them get to that playoff spot out of the play-in tournament. I mean, they've beaten Indiana, the team right in front of them. They're three games behind Indiana for the ninth seed. They've beaten the Knicks. They've beaten the Hornets. I mean, they've got the chances here. But instead, they are only two games ahead of Toronto. And if Toronto gets a 10th seed, Toronto's in the play-in tournament, and the Bulls are not in the play-in tournament at all. They are 3-7 and since acquiring Nikola Vucevic, Daniel Tice, Troy Brown Jr., and trading away Wendell Carter and Otto Porter Jr., among others, at the trade deadline. 3-7 and seven after adding in an all-star talent. That's two all-stars in the starting lineup, and they are 3-7. and seven. Now, some of these games, I will admit, some of these games have been against tougher opponents. I mean, you've got the Denver game, obviously. You've had the Utah Jazz. That's a really good team. You've had the Phoenix Suns. I mean, you've had good teams in here. But you can't be losing Minnesota. That's the big one. You cannot be losing to Minnesota. You probably should not have lost to San Antonio. You've had winnable games in here with this lineup, and they just haven't been able to do it. Is some of it on Billy Donovan? Maybe. Is some of it on the players? I mean, yeah, some of it's going to be on the players. I think it's a combination of things. I gave them a little bit of time to learn how to play together. I I think they needed time to learn how to gel, build some chemistry, and, you know, maybe they could make a run At a playoff spot. Now 10 games in. 19 games left to go in the season. I'm really not sure what's next for this team. Do I think they can straighten it out? Yes. I mean you've got a great coach. You've got again two all-stars in the starting lineup. I think they can write this thing. But it's got to start now. This is Wednesday afternoon. So tonight the Bulls play the Magic on the United Center floor at 7 p.m. I'll have more on that game in just a little bit. But for starters I want to look at two games. In this three-game losing streak, that stand out. The first I've talked about it now what three times, and I'm going to talk about it more in depth now. One twenty-one to one seventeen loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves on Sunday. There is no excuse to be losing to a Minnesota team that is fourteen and forty when you are twenty-two and thirty with two All-Stars in your lineup. If it was just Zach Levine running the show, still, this is a different conversation. If Arturis Karnashovis didn't go out and get Nikola Vucevic at the deadline, this is a completely different conversation. But you've got two guys who are really, really good in this league this year, two all-stars you cannot lose to this Minnesota team. For starters, you also cannot send a team to the free throw line 25 times. What's impressive for Minnesota is they went 25 for 25 from the free throw line. If you know me, you know I'm a big advocate of free throws are free. Seeing players miss free throws, whether it be in college or the pros, to me, it makes me cringe. So to see Minnesota go 25 for 25, that is really, really impressive. It's also impressive that they beat the Bulls. I mean, again, Vucevic and Levine are your two guys. Those are your two guys in the starting lineup that need to they need to make a difference. It's not going to help when Lowry Markkinen only scores eight points and Patrick Williams is scoreless. I think Patrick Williams needs to be more aggressive, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in the Memphis game that's coming up in just a couple minutes here. I'll get to that, but more on Patrick Williams as a whole. He just needs to be aggressive, and I'm not seeing the aggression that we saw earlier in the year from Patrick Williams. I'm still a big fan. This is going to happen. He's 19 years old. This is going to happen. He's going to have you know ebbs and flows. It's just the nature of the game. He's still adjusting to this league. I'm not overly worried about Patrick Williams. That said, when he's struggling like this, I think it's on, I don't know if it's on Billy Donovan. I don't know who it's on, but someone needs to, to either get in his ear and tell him to, I mean, just be aggressive, play your game. No points and one rebound in 26 minutes against Minnesota. That's just, that's not Patrick Williams. And I, I know, like I said, ebbs and flows. It's the nature of. Dealing with a young roster like this, because even with the addition of Vooch and Daniel Tice, they're still a young team. And again, a 19-year-old forward in the starting lineup, Yet yeah, you're going to have the good and the bad. But yeah, I mean, hopefully Patrick Williams can write this chip, because he's got to just get more aggressive. You need to see the Patrick Williams we saw early in the year that made us all fall in love with him. So that's for starters. The goose egg there is what stands out in the stat sheet. And also the defense. How are you allowing Minnesota to score 121 points? I mean, yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, 27 points, 12 rebounds. That's tough to control. D'Angelo Russell off the bench, 27 points. Uh, Ricky Rubio, 17 points. When did Ricky Rubio learn to shoot the three again? I saw him make more threes in that game than I can remember in a long time. I mean, Patrick Williams was on Anthony Edwards, he had 15 points. I don't think he had the best shooting night in the world. But, I mean, the stat line, I read you, Cat, 27 points, 12 rebounds. He had eight assists, too. He was two assists away from a triple-double. And Cat's one of the better players in the league. I'll give him that. I mean, it's not like you're facing some some center that no one's ever heard of. You're facing Carl Anthony Towns, who's a really good center. But, I mean, you just cannot lose to the Minnesota team. That is, you read that record again? 14-40. and 40. I, I, There's no excuse. There's really no excuse when you're at full strength like that. Now, the Memphis game, the Bulls played the Grizzlies on Monday night. It was the second half of a back-to-back, and we'll give them that. It was a back-to-back. Bulls lose 101-90. to They scored 16 points in the fourth quarter and allowed Memphis to score 31. Here are some um, not great numbers from this game, and a big reason the Bulls lost this game Uh, two starters in here. Let's start with Tomas Sadoransky. Two points, two assists in 22 minutes. Patrick Williams, two points, three rebounds in 27 minutes. That can't happen from two starters. You cannot have two starters combined for five points against a decent Memphis team. You're not against Minnesota. Maybe you could get away with something like this if they play like that. But you cannot have two guys combined for four points in your starting lineup. And off the bench, Lowry Markinen, seven rebounds in 16 minutes. He did not score a point. Kobe White, six points in 24 minutes off the bench. What is up with the depth? Depth is is essential, especially with a team like this. You have two guys on the bench right now who have experience starting in the NBA. Granted, Kobe White is only 20, but Lowry Markkinen has experience starting, and he's been having a better year. He has regressed in the second half. I mean, I keep saying Kobe White is a catch and shoot guard, and I think that's really what his role is becoming off the bench, especially with Tomas Sadaransky as the starting point guard, which is another topic of conversation that we need to get to, and I want to talk about this now. Look, Sadoransky is a good point guard, okay? He's a better fit for the starting lineup than Kobe White because Sato is a pass first guard. I mean, I think that's fair to say he's a pass first point guard. Which is what you need in a starting lineup like this, where you've got Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic, especially, throw in Thaddeus Young, who can kind of make plays from down low. And a facilitator is a really good thing for the starting five. Sadoransky is not a starting point guard. I want someone to point to any team in the league. I want someone to tell me one team in this league, besides the Bulls, that Tomas Sadoransky would start on. I'm serious. I want to know. I don't think he's started on very many teams, well, contending teams, In this league. I mean, you saw what Memphis did to the Bulls the other night. John Morant put on a show. His stat line in that game, 13 points, 10 assists. And some of those assists were absolutely ridiculous. There was one where it bounced off the backboard, and I'm pretty sure that was a pass. John Morant is ridiculous, and he's one of those players where you're sitting there going, man, wouldn't he be great on the Bulls? And they obviously couldn't get him number two overall. But still, you watch him and that's like the Bulls need a true point guard. I was out here calling for Lonzo Ball at the trade deadline because I I think Lonzo would be a point guard of the future or at least the type of player the Bulls would be looking for in a point guard of the future because he can shoot and he can pass. And I really think he can play at a higher level than Sadaransky, and he'd fit in with the starting lineup. He'd be making plays and he would be... A great addition. No disrespect to Sadoransky. I mean, he can get the job done, but you need someone, if you're you don't trade for Nikola Vucevic if your goal is to miss the playoffs and play for the lottery. Now that you traded for Vuce, you need to start worrying about winning. And if you want to win, you need a true starting point guard. Thomas Sadoransky just ain't it. Now, you've got 19 games left. There's nothing you can do now. 19 games left after the deadline, and two games up on the te- for the 10th seed in the East. The Bulls can still make the play-in. I'm not sure about their chances to make the playoffs, which there, that might be a, a bet I'll never get back. But I'm not sure if they'll make the playoffs. But either way, I think the play-in would be a safe bet, maybe a little taste of postseason experience for this team. But the Magic game tonight, Wednesday night at 7 p.m., is this now a must-win? Now, I'm not ready to say that, but this skid needs to stop. And 3-7 and seven since the trade deadline is, isn't great, considering the caliber of players you got. I mean, Nikola Vucevic, obviously. Daniel Tice is likely a starter on many teams in the league. He's coming off the bench. I think those two guys in particular are huge lifts for this Bulls team. And three and seven cents the deadline with them and even throw in Troy Brown Jr. I'm I'm turning into a Troy Brown Jr. fan. Throw in all of them. You should not be playing to miss the play in tournament. That's not that's not what this roster should look like. Hopefully this shit can write itself. I think it's gonna start with how they do against a magic team that they should beat. Now it's gonna be it's gonna be weird seeing Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter Jr. again back at the United Center and opposing teams uniform. But that's going to be one of the many storylines to watch tonight against 7 p.m. I think it's going to be, hopefully, a better game. And, I mean, maybe this is just me coming out of here because I talked last week about how they're probably, they probably looked like they were turning a corner, the Bulls were, and then they turn around. And, I mean, losing to Atlanta, I mean, Trey Young, I mean, what, what can you say? Here's another one. You're sitting there, man, wouldn't he have been great on the Bulls. So you've lost to Trey Young and John Moran in two of the last three games. And one of those games you lost to the worst team in the league. So, yeah, Bulls fans, it's not great last week has not been great so hopefully things can start straightening itself out also more Patrick Williams he needs to be more aggressive ebbs and flows are common with rookies that is understandable especially with someone who is 19 years old and he is a project he is raw he's got to be you know he's got to adjust to the league he's got to find his place and once he once he develops he's going to turn into a really good player but right now, I mean you just gotta deal with the ups and the downs and the roller coaster. So I wanna see more Patrick Williams. And into the offseason, now this is going back to the point guard discussion. Once the offseason comes around, I really hope there's a sign-in trade or something for Lonzo Ball, or the Bulls can just get a true point guard. Lonzo's the first team that comes to mind because he'd be a good fit. He can shoot. He can pass. He seems like he'd fit in well with this lineup. I've stumped for him on the show countless times, and for some reason he keeps coming up on the show. I don't know why I keep bringing him up, but I do. That needs to happen in the future. I think Saddaransky, like I said, is getting the job done if your goal is to make the play in tournament. But now the playoffs are looking farther and farther away, and the Bulls are now closer to missing the play in than they are to making the playoffs. So it's a weird situation right now. It has not been helped by the last three games. I mean a 120 to 108 loss to Atlanta. Atlanta is a beatable team, and they were a little shorthanded in that one. Losing to the worst team in the league, ouch. And Memphis is beatable. I mean, they're they're a playoff they're over five hundred, but they're beatable, I'd say. Now, if the Bulls lose to the Magic tonight, maybe we start talking about the panic button. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, the stretch of games coming up, you've got Orlando tonight, a rematch with Memphis on Friday, then second half of a back-to-back with Cleveland on Saturday, then the Celtic, they travel to the Garden in Boston on Monday before another matchup with the Cavaliers on Wednesday, it'll be April 21st, next time we drop an episode here. If this stretch doesn't go well, especially the Magic game and the Cavs game in the next four days, if those games don't go as planned, like the Bulls lose or they're close, maybe it's time to start worrying. I'm in particular worried about the defense. Like I said, 121 points to Minnesota, 120 points to a shorthanded Atlanta team. I mean, I did like that Memphis was held to 101, considering how John Morant was doing John Morant things and facilitating. But either way, I worry about the defense, and I, I don't know. I i keep—I kept talking about how this was a playoff team. Now I'm not so sure. Even with the addition of another all-star, and I was really psyched about the Nikola Vucevic addition. I mean, I was really, really excited. I really thought that would help take the Bulls to the next level, bringing in a guy like Vuce and Daniel Tice, too. I mean, coming off the bench, I figured he'd be a good defensive boost in the second unit. And, I mean, he has been. I mean, I love what I'm seeing from Daniel Tice. I really wish there was a way the Bulls could maybe possibly find a way to keep him next year. They're just not going to have the cap space for it. It's a shame because he's a really, really good player. He's going to help a team out next year for sure if he doesn't come back to Chicago. But, yeah, those two guys have made I – mean, I mean, they have made an impact. I think Vooch is still doing work. It's just – they can't just have Vooch doing the work one night or Zach doing the work one night. Like, you've got to have them team up. And they've got to play their games. And we'll, we'll see. There's 19 games left in the season. Starting tonight against Orlando at 7 p.m. at home. Maybe that's a good start. We're going to see. There's going to be a lot to look at going forward and into the off season. Maybe into the play-in tournament if the Bulls can, you know, get back on track after this rough stretch and regroup. Maybe we'll be talking about the play-in tournament here soon but there's going to be a lot to digest over these 20 games or so. I'm going to wrap it up here for this week's episode of Believe in Bulls. Please subscribe to the Believe in Bulls podcast on the Believe Podcast Network on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I will see you back here next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day,